You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hello, everybody. I'm Andrew Asherman. Thank you for tuning in. This is our weekly White Sox chat. We've got Scott Merkin on the line. Merck, uh, the White Sox got off to a 4-2 and two start. Uh, we recorded this before Monday's game, of course. But, uh, hey, 4-2, and two, not bad for a team that lost its 14-year-old leader, huh? No, we're recording this before um, Monday's game, and just moments after TC, the lovable Twins mascot, appeared on the field here at Target Field. So just, that's always just a because, great moment, just to give the listeners some perspective. But no, it's you know it's funny. Um, we've asked Robin a couple of times in the last few days if he considers this a good start, and he's being realistic and said, you know, it it's probably needs another week or two to be considered a good start. But it certainly is better than their 0 and 4 opening last year, and. Again, we go back to that thing talked about in spring training where it just seems like a different team. Now, you know, it can seem all you want, but you got to have results. And they've, they've had that so far. And they've won some games also, which is encouraging that they did not win last year. You know, the kind of games where, like Saturday, where Sale got them out to a lead, was holding on to a 2 nothing lead. Uh, Napoli and Gomes hit homers, made it 3-2. And last year, that was pretty much done. And they rallied with five in the seventh to win that one. So some good signs early on, but, geez, such a – such a small sample size, hard to hang your head on. But again, better good than bad for their opening. Well, they're scoring late in games. Last year they weren't scoring uh, early, late, or middle. But uh, <laughs> that ability to, to, to rally and was great. What did you uh, Sorry. That ability to rally and put things together late is, is obviously huge if you're going to be a contender. Yeah, you know, they did a good job on two strike, uh, two strike at bats. So they've had good professional at bats. Even a uh, for instance, some of the outs that Eaton's made this year, which haven't been many, um, you know, it, we're seven, eight, nine pitch at bats, and Garcia, Avi Garcia hit a three-run homer off of Brian Shaw, who's been very tough against the Sox traditionally, and he had that come after a Melky Cabrera nine pitch at bat that resulted in a single to right that gave them a four-three lead at the time. So, you know, that helps Anthony when you got a guy you don't see a ton, or you know, is not a starter who you don't see two or three times through a game. When you see everything he's got to offer. It makes a difference for a guy like Avi, who's kind of trying to find his way to to watch everything, watch how Cabrera approaches, and then he can adjust from there. Even if you know Cabrera was hitting lefty at that time, still sees what Shaw you know has out there and can and can attack. Well, you were uh, bullish on this being a uh, a breakthrough kind of season for Avi Garcia. So so far, so good on that front uh, with the big home run against the Indians. Um, what uh, is there? Is there anything in his approach that you feel has changed, or is it just a matter of, uh, you know, this is the right age and the right time for him? I think the thing with Avi is it's, it's been an okay start. It has been great. I, I think the, the encouraging thing for the Sox in Saturday's game was he had that home run that put the game away in a single earlier in the game, both on 0-2 counts. So, you know, he, he's kind of focused in. He's shortening his swing a little bit. The problem with Garcia is that he's, he's such the focal point and the lightning rod for White Sox fans is that anything that doesn't go right, and his you know first week was not overwhelming, is there's already cries about, you know, why didn't they upgrade? Why didn't they get Alex Gordon? Why didn't they get Suspedes? Why didn't they make a trade? How could they come back with him again after last year? And then he got picked off in uh, Friday's kind of home-opening debacle with uh, runners on first and second down 5 nothing and one out in the inning, and that doesn't kind of endear either. But I'm still sticking to my prediction. I, I picked uh, Eaton as the X factor, and that started up to be pretty true so far. And I still think Avi has got the talent to kind of be a breakout guy this year. 
how do you think uh, it's going to play out as far as the DH? I mean, is he going to play the vast majority of his time at DH, or are they going to try to mix and match uh, and keep him involved defensively? Yeah, I, I think I think as of right now, the vast majority will be DH. You know, it's interesting. I, I talked to Rick Hahn, the general manager, about that for a story, and he said that he felt like, you know, while they all agree, obviously, he's got to improve defensively, that they didn't always have him maybe in the perfect defensive position last year to make the plays. You know, that could be a little help to Avi to take a little pressure off him, too. But I think right now, you know, with we talked about this ad nauseum during spring training with, you know, the DH spot open due to Adam LaRoche's retirement, you can still mix and match there. And, you know, Eaton may need a day off, but want to stay in the lineup where you can put him at the DH. You may get Cabrera off his feet and put him at the DH. But I think for now, the outfield is going to be Cabrera, Austin Jackson, Eaton left to right. And Avi Garcia is going to be the designated hitter until further notice. And again, it's not like it's a set thing that's never going to move, but predominantly that's what's going to happen, I think. Uh, let's talk about Matt Latos. It's only one start, but it was a strong start. Um, obviously, this is a guy they did not invest a tremendous amount of money in. And, you know, the, the upside is, is probably limited. Uh, but he was obviously working on some things in spring training. And it seemed like in that, that start, that, that first start, he was kind of pitching backward. Is that right, Mark? Yeah, you know, the interesting thing about Latos, well, well two things. I, I saw that opening series and wasn't overly impressed with, uh, and again, it's, it's wrong of me to judge after four games. I didn't think Oakland was overall, but Oakland had a great weekend in Seattle, right? They were in Seattle after that and played tremendous baseball out there. So, you know, really that, that's one thing to keep an eye on in the American League is there's no teams that, for lack of a better word, that what's the, the catchphrase is, Tanking it, you know, it seems like every team is competitive. But I don't think it matters whether Oakland has the worst offense in baseball or the 27 Yankees. Lato's pitched great in that game, and he had not done that previously in any of his three, two, two Cactus League and one exhibition start in San Diego. I mean, he allowed one hit through six innings and just, uh, you know, really fouled, I think it was Navarro who was back there, and just fouled his plan. And I don't think they expect one hitters from him every time out there, but it certainly was a refreshing change to see the production from him. And, you know, just before that, we had talked to um, Rick Hunt, I want to say that opening day, Monday, and he had talked about that they felt the best was still yet to come for Latos. Now, you know, he, he could be, you could kind of list him as a prophet after that, but I don't think he saw one hitter coming. But they knew that regardless of the spring training struggles, this guy from his past experience, his past results, had more to offer, and that came up on against Oakland. Certainly, a guy with a lot to pitch for and a lot to prove. Uh, no doubt, a time where it, w- it would not have been suspected that Matt Latos' free agency would be a one-year, three million dollar deal, but uh, you know he, he went downhill in a hurry in uh, 2014 and 2015, and here we are. So yeah, it could be a nice bounce-back candidate for the Sox. Uh, a move that uh, didn't get as much attention in the offseason, and not that the Latos deal got a tremendous amount of attention, but uh, but the, we talked about it before the Matt Albers uh, re-signing was, was kind of an underrated move. Uh, he was a really nice piece for them in the bullpen last year, and so far this year, same thing. And his velocity is up a little bit. He's maintaining it in a big spot. Yeah, you know, I think it's it's, it's very interesting because we, me, and another reporter, Scott Greger from the Daily Herald, talked to him. I want to say it was the last day of the year last year, and we asked him about coming back, and it, it didn't sound like it was a huge possibility because he really was focused on pitching late in the game. And he had said that the other day that, you know, he got it that when he first came on, he was a middle reliever. But usually when you're pitching a middle relief, you're pitching in a, you know, a losing contest. And he wants, he likes being parts of victories. He likes being playing a hand in victories. 
and it was a, it was a great get by Rickon in the front office to bring Matt Albers back, and they have an option on him for 2017 as well. And he's been, you know, arguably since he joined the team in 2015, has been their most consistent reliever, and really one of the more consistent relievers, period, in the American League. You know, maybe a little smaller sample size because he uh, broke his finger in that on-field brawl with the Royals last year. But the thing is, like uh, you point, you mentioned Anthony. Velocity is averaging up near 95 this year, and great sink, which plays extremely well at U.S. Cellular Field, especially when it gets warmer and the ball jumps a little more. So, yeah, you know, when you have David Robertson as your closer, you have Nate Jones and Zach Duke as your main setup guys, and the best thing with Albers is he can be a setup guy. He can probably close if you needed him to, but you can also, as he did Saturday, he kind of set up in the eighth, finish in the inning off, and then finish the nine too. So you can you can push him a little bit to have him go two innings and or two innings and change. So he gives you a little bit of everything. It's a, it's a great guy to have a great team. And Coop is a big Don Cooper. Pitching coach is a big fan of veterans out on that bullpen. And I think Albers' show is kind of rewarding his confidence by what he's done. All right, Mark, last thing. Chance the Rapper, who I don't claim to know anything about, he threw out the first pitch of the home opener. But more importantly, he made three redesigns of the White Sox cap. So I got a two-pronged question for you. One. Uh-oh. Did you see those designs, and did you have a favorite? Two, if you were redesigning the caps, which should, I mean, that announcement should come any day now, would you have any design ideas for their caps? <laughs> oh, man. I wish I'd have been prepared for this. I, 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 I thought all the, all the designs were good. You know, it's, it's interesting because I'm watching me dodge this one. Um, yeah. You know, he, he, he really is probably, arguably, behind the President of the United States, who's a pretty famous fan to have, the most famous, yeah. most the White Sox fan with the most notoriety. You know, this is a guy who performed on Saturday Night Live, for God's sake. So you're not talking about some local kid who's, you know, solid in Chicago but trying to make it. This is a national star. So it's a good yeah. thing for the Sox to have, and it, it's a tar- it's target for the younger, you know, the younger generation. More you than me, I think, Anthony, at this point. Maybe even below you, come to think of it. I think it's but below me, yeah. yeah. Definitely not in my age group, that's for sure. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's a it's a great move by the White Sox. I don't have a favor of that, and I, you know what? I'm going to think and lay something out, and next week when we talk for White Sox, okay. I'm going to have a new design for the Sox hat. I'm going to actually even ask on Twitter and get some get this and design the perfect hat that I would put out there. Wow. All right. Well, there you go. Something to look forward to for next week. There you go. For now, <laughs> for now I want to thank Scott Morgan for joining us this week. Thank you all for tuning in. It's been MLB.com Extras, Chicago White Sox edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.